Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 51 of the Caesar's Show. It's another episode. You know what that means. More fire content. You know what that means. It's another episode. I just want to say that. Um, but yeah, you know, I just want to give thanks always, first and foremost, to that higher power above and um, to all my fans who, you know, are constantly subscribing, listening, spreading the love, doing all that good stuff. You know, I really appreciate you guys. And, um, you know, I think we can definitely get somewhere. But um, it's crazy that it's the second round. I mean, not the second round. It's the conference finals. I'm sorry. Matches right now. So we literally only got four of the best teams standing. I'm talking about Portland. I'm talking about Golden State. I'm talking about, um, you know, Giannis and, and the Bucks. I'm talking about Kawhi and the Raptors. So it's going to be very exciting. I can't wait to get into that. Um, but before I get into today's hottest topics, I just want to recap on last episode on episode 50 the milestone so proud thanks to you guys for spreading so much love it really meant a lot episode 50 you know we were just dissecting our first me and trey my co-host we were dissecting our first round um predictions that we made and and analyzed all the games and then um we gave our take on uh round two um semifinals and unfortunately i lost to trey i had to buy him some wine and he's probably gonna gloat about that a little later on but that's not the case um a great fun filled episode and i got some you know exciting news to share with you guys once uh trey gets on here but without further ado ladies and gentlemen make some noise for my boy aka co-host trey because at your best you are love Ooh, you're a positive, motivating force within my life. If you ever feel the need to wonder why, let me sip on some of this wine a little bit before I hit that note. All right. Let me know. Let me know. Oh, that's what the wine will do to you, man. How you singing love songs? Have you singing love songs, man? How do you feel about winning that bet? For those of you guys who don't know, if you're just you know chiming in right now, last episode, if you know this episode fifty. Uh, me and Trey bet each other, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it was Denver versus Portland. I We both had Portland winning, but I was just very confident. I was like, you know what I'm saying? It's a new year, um, and, and I think, you know, Denver's still young, and I think they're just going to go out in six. And Trey said they're going to go out in seven. So we were like, yo, whoever wins the bet, you know, we got to buy them wine. So I lost the bet, but it was bittersweet because I, even though I'm losing the bet, Portland still won regardless. So I'm excited to see the conference finals, them going up against that backcourt. But, uh, yeah. Big congrats, congrats, congrats. So um, he, he said he wanted red wine. So, you know, it's only right to give my man some red wine. Cheers, so, brother. Props to you. But before we get on to the hottest topics, man, uh, I just want to let you guys know on Friday, May the 17th, this Friday, um, the Caesar Show website will be launched. And you know what comes with that? Apparel. So there's going to be Crew necks if you want it, black colorway t-shirts, gray colorway t-shirts, and the Caesar Show hats that you've seen on my promo videos. Um, so those are all going to be on sale. The t-shirts are going to be $20. The crew necks are going to be $35. And the hats, the dad hats, are going to be $25. So it's going to be a limited release. It's going to be like a little soft uh, release right now just to you know test the parameters, see where things are going. And then from there, um, if I'm getting a good, if I'm getting some good feedback, I'm definitely going to keep ordering, keep ordering, keep ordering. So... Make sure you guys order as soon as possible. I can't really hold on to some stuff for some people. It's going to be, like I said, a select amount. Um, but they're definitely going to be reps. So you don't have to cop it right away, but definitely try to cop it sooner rather than later. So 
be on the lookout for that. Um, definitely turn your post notifications on, on the Caesars show page and also the Sir Caesars um, page on Instagram as well, too. So you can know when to order that um, and it's going to be shipping. Make sure it gets right to you. I'll take care of you guys. So you take care of me. I take care of you. And that's all we need. But Trey, are you ready for the hottest topics of today? Right now. You already know, man. Episode 51. Hey, let's get it. Let's right. Get it. Let's get it. So first and foremost... Breaking news happened over the weekend, um, the same day, I think, as Game 7 or the day before Game 7 started. Uh, the Lakers ended up hiring Frank Vogel as head coach, and his assistant's going to be Jason Kidd. Um, so some notable stats about Frank Vogel. He's coached 595 games total um, in his tenure as a head coach, and his record is 304-291. Now, that may kind of sound kind of eh, but I don't really count that stint he had with Orlando because they were developing and things just didn't go right. So still had a winning record. He started coaching in 2010-2011 um, year with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, while he was coaching, you know, um, for six seasons, he made five playoff berths, two back-to-back Eastern Conference appearances, um, which was 2012-13 season and 2013-14 season. Um, so with him, I mean, I think it's a solid pick because uh, he's defensive-oriented, and I think he's pretty good at developing players because he had to develop Granger, Paul George, Roy Haber came into his own. They traded for George Hill, um, and they had a lot of other pieces there in Miami and all of them guys there too. So um, what better, you know, transition to, to go from – Luke Walton to to you know Frank Vogel and I feel like Frank Vogel, Frank Vogel is a bit more tested as well too, um, so I think he can add some grittiness on that defensive end as well too. And I was looking at you know old Indiana highlights when they were the number one seed, they moved the ball pretty damn good. Um, and when you have LeBron James and hopefully to get this All Star, I think they're gonna make some noise. And what's dope about it is Jason Kidd's their assistant. So Jason Kidd, he's a pretty damn good coach, I would say as well too. With what he had to work with, you know, he had Brooklyn, the ex-Celtics on the latter half of their pro- – or the, well, they're past their prime, you know what I'm saying? He still yeah. took them to the playoffs with the Nets in 13-14, um, and they went those vicious seven games with the baby dinosaur Raptors and got that road W game seven. Um, and then he transitioned over. He coached the Bucks to um, a winning season, I would say. They were 41-41 in the 14-15 season, um, and they were six in the East. And it's crazy because before he got there, um, the Bucks the previous year before, only won 15 games. For the, for him to come over there and them to be 41-41, like, you're definitely doing something. Yeah. Um, and then 16-17 season, I think they missed this. Yeah, they missed uh, – no, they missed a season. I don't remember what season they missed. But the 16-17 season, um, they were, let me see, they lost to the Raptors in six games. Um, and I think that same year, Javari Parker may have gotten injured, got injured as well, PCO too. So, yeah, towards ACL, so that, that kind of sucks. So, that record, what that wasn't a representation of their like overall record, obviously, because Javari Parker was the number two pick, and he was a huge piece to their puzzle right there. But um, I had to give Jason Kidd, you know, just credit to helping Giannis into – being who he is, giving him that mindset to if you want to be great, you have to actually put that time, energy, and effort in. And he was actually the first person to play around with Giannis instead of being your traditional power forward or whatever. He wants him to be like a point forward. So he actually put him in position to be a point guard. And we've seen what he do now. You put him with a, with a lot of shooters, he's going to fucking thrive. He's going to fucking find all of his teammates. And right now, you know, if it weren't for him, he probably wouldn't be where he is now. So that's good. But what's crazy, Trey, is – I was watching for a sake the other day, and they said, like, 
there's a method behind this madness. So their anticipation is they're only signed Frank Vogel for three years, I think $5 million each year. And their anticipation is they really want Jason Kidd to actually be the ideal head coach. So they put him as an assistant. But I'm like, yo, why wouldn't you just hire Jason Kidd as your coach from the jump? But they were saying, oh, with the Lakers, they have a brand, they have an image they need to maintain. So with a track record, I think uh, Jason Kidd was a part of domestic violence, and um, I think he had some alcohol problems when he was, like, drinking, um, drunk driving or something like that, too. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to put that behind him. But like I just said, if you're going to eventually make him the head coach, then what's the point of Smoking mirrors. Of, of that in general? So it just doesn't make sense to me. But Politics. I like Kidd, too, because I think he's a great development coach as well, too, and and – for me, seeing Kid being there, I feel like they're going to keep Lonzo Ball for some reason. Who is the most similar to Lonzo Ball? I would say right now, probably, I mean, to Jason Kidd's Lonzo Ball. Okay. So that's making me think they're not even going to get a, 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 a marquee point guard in the free agency. I think they're actually going to stick with Lonzo um, and probably just try to get a two-way player or a big. But uh, what are your thoughts on all this? And, and how do you feel about, like, LeBron? You think LeBron will be mad about this whole situation? Just tell me your insights on everything, man. Um, I think Vogel was a good hire looking back at his track record. Uh, I have to, I have to admit when I first like heard the news broke, I was like, Vogel, Vogel, name sounds familiar. So coming from Orlando and Indiana, he's had a solid track record. He's always been around like with one of those teams that, um, I mean, Indiana had an elite team. That you know that was like the PG, uh, PG Roy Hibbert, Roy David Hibbert. West, George Hill, and, Danny uh, Granger. Even oh, they uh, were stacked. Even the, uh, towards the end of his thing, when uh, dudes started blowing in people's ear, Lance. Oh, Lance Stevens. Yeah, 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 Lance. Yeah. <laughs> so Lance was even around there too. So and and you know when I heard he was coming back, I feel like they'll maybe keep it Lance, and they're gonna get rid of somebody. So I mean, a lot, a lot of those guys are on one year contracts. So I mean, I could say maybe Beasley's gone. Maybe oh, Beasley already got traded. Oh yeah. So Rondo's gone. Rondo's probably gone. Rondo said it depends on who is coaching. So. Okay. Him and Kid might get along, though. Him and Kid might get along. They, they might see eye to eye as long as they're on the same page, but, you know, they both have, like, large personalities. And that's going to be – there's not enough locker room space for there to be too many large personalities. You got LeBron, you got Kid, you got Frank Vogel. That he looks like he can command a team. You know, he can command a team of young guys, at least. So, to what – they're saying with me, and, you know, this is the post-Magic Johnson era, so yeah. maybe – the moves are aren't as flashy. They're more secure in a way. So we're laying a foundation. Mm-hmm. I I I feel like they're gonna keep a lot of their young players. They're gonna mold them. Maybe Lonzo and Kuzma for one. I mean, I feel like you kind of have to keep Josh Hart. He's the only shooter right now. Unless you get another superstar that can really shoot. And then uh, with Kid, like you said, maybe he's like the fallback piece. He's the person they really want as coach. But but Kid is him and Giannis had a really special special bond. You know, from the start, so maybe Kuzma is a, is an emerging. We'll hope hope to say superstar. Hopefully, he doesn't fizz out. I think if anybody's in trouble right now, it's probably Brandon Ingram. You know, he's a, he's a good trading piece right now. Uh, do you think he's a good trading piece? He just had the blood clot, so I think his trade value's down. <sighs> see, see, but I'm, I'm talking I'm frank. talking basketball wise, basketball okay, wise. Okay, okay. So, so it's Grant, Grant he's healthy. Okay. Yeah, take the injuries away. Granted, he's healthy. I think you could. Get rid of him, and then you keep Kuz, keep Lonzo. These are guards that Jason Tatum can directly influence. Even though he did influence Giannis, who was kind of a sort of bigger player that was a guard, but you know the main function of Brandon Ingram isn't that he's a guard too. I would keep Brandon Ingram over. I, I know, like, cause and, and it's just you would, you would shop Lonzo and Kuzma and keep Ingram. 
I think Ingram has the most potential out of all of them. I like I love Lonzo too, but I'm going with Ingram, man. So if you get a superstar, you're okay with losing Kuz, and then. Well, it depends because with Kuzma, he's not really the best defender. He he has room to improve, but I feel like he he matches LeBron because he out of both of them, he can play the best off ball, and he's a better shooter than both of them right now in his okay. career. So if you're trying to appease LeBron, then it makes sense to stay with Kuzma. But I like the fact that Brandon Ingram is a playmaker, and I think that's what LeBron needs right now. Being is he what he about to be thirty five? Yeah, I think he needs another playmaker with him okay. too. And if 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 Ingram can just fix his jump shot, then it's a wrap. Because even after All Star break, he was averaging like twenty six points per game, shooting very efficient. Um, and I think that was going to be the trade bait, but I don't think he's going to get traded because of what just went on. So. Um, I honestly, I think they're going to have to stick with what they have and try to luck up in free agency for real, for real. Do you think uh, from here on out, it's not more, more much of a LeBron Taylor organization? It's more of a, all right, let's get back to basketball basics to like building our team kind of thing? Well, if it was let's get back to the basics, then LeBron James wouldn't even have been there in the first place because it, it, it's just a weird space that you're in because he only has three – from from his contract, he only has three years left in his prime. Mm-hmm. You know, three years committed to him, too. So it's like, if you guys really were sold on building for the future, you wouldn't even have LeBron James there. Okay. You would just use your young talent and then from there develop them and then try to get a free agent and then try to make certain trades, like how OKC's done it, how the Spurs done it, how the Bucks done it, how all these other teams have done it before, too. So it's like when you're with LeBron now, it's kind of that weird area where you're just like, yo, should I actually – try to win now, now that he's still in his prime, because he's proven his last decade that he can get to his final every single year, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So do you actually trade that young talent and then you get other all-stars and know that the window of opportunity is only three years, or do you try to build that young talent with him? Like It's a very tough thing to do, and I feel like also Katie's going to play an important role on the success of every other team trying to get that title yeah, too. in the West. Um Last question on this topic for you is who with, with some notable superstars that are going to be free agents this summer kind of out the playoffs now and they can think about their free agency. Uh, who do you, you know, who, who, who do you, I, 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 it's kind of like a, a nudge, nudge kind of thing. Well, who do you think they're most likely to get a free agency? Do you think Kyrie? <laughs> Kyrie, you want to be the what? Um, you want to be the star player. <laughs> honestly, like, we already know what we're going to expect with LeBron and Kyrie. So that's dope, too. But it's like, if you get Kyrie, you can only get one free agent. And besides, besides that, like you said, you got to trade your other pieces. So who are you going to get? If you give up young pieces, you don't have anybody. I love Kyrie, but I think right now I'm going for a two-way player like a Jimmy Butler, like a Kawhi Leonard, like a Klay Thompson, um, even like a Chris Middleton, I think, would help as well, too. But two-way player or dope-ass big, you don't really have that many options. Boogies hasn't really proven he can stay healthy as of now. But I'm going with a two-way player right now, and I'm keeping Lonzo. I'm keeping that young talent with me and seeing where we go from there. Um, it's a tough league for the Lakers right now. Yeah. Man. I mean, Kyrie would – don't get me wrong. If you can get Kyrie, If you can get Kyrie right now, you get him. Regardless, because he needs to learn how to, we're going to talk about him a little later. He needs to learn how to become more of a leader. So go back to school, learn from LeBron, and then when LeBron's done, then you got it. He jumped too early. We'll talk about that later, too. 
Uh, any other questions on this topic? Uh, I think that's, that's all I got for you for that one, man. Okay. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, so, ladies, you know, for the ladies that actually tune in, and, and I want to get a, a, a female on here, too, so you got to you gotta help me out. I know, <laughs> I, you, you. I know you got some connects with the VCU women's basketball team. Shout out to VCU women's basketball team. You guys are, you know, you guys are doing all right. You guys doing champs. good. Yeah, yeah, Shout out to you guys. Uh, but I had, to, I had to bring this up because it's pretty interesting. I want to hear your take on it. I, don't, I got a little bit to say, but not too much. Um, so don't hate me, guys, if I happen to say the wrong thing. Just my honest opinion. So Aisha Curry was on Red Table. Uh, if you guys don't know what Red Table is from Jada Pinkett Smith, her mom, and Willow Smith, they have a deal with Facebook, I believe, and they just talk about real-life problems that are going on within relationships and whatnot. So Aisha Curry and Steph Curry's mom was up there, and, and Aisha Curry took a lot of heat on social media because she said, and I quote, something that really bothers me and honestly hasn't given me a sense of a little bit of, inse- of an insecurity is the fact that, yeah, there are all these women like throwing themselves at Steph Curry, but me, like the past 10 years, I don't have any of that, she said on Facebook, watch show. I have zero. This sounds weird, but like male attention, like, and then I begin to internalize and I'm just like, is something wrong with me? Um, and then she said, but it would be nice to know that, you know, someone's looking. So she received so much backlash. People are saying, like, yo, like, you're privileged. You ain't really have to do anything. Like, you got Steph Curry right here. You just signed this big-ass contract. If it weren't for him, you wouldn't be put on with your cooking show, this and this and that. Like, what do you have to complain about when the average person is going through actual, like, real-life problems? So um, my whole thing was, like, honestly, to hell with what social media has to say. Like, I know it's a part of our lives, so you're going to cave into the comments and shit like that. But, um it's it's normal. I, I think it's normal um, when you're in a relationship for a long time. You're only all your eyes are only on that person too. And and you know sometimes maybe there can be times where, especially from his standpoint, he's a basketball player. So obviously he's gonna when he's home, he's home. You know what I'm saying. But when he's at work, he's at work. So sometimes there be there be there could be some times where he shows you a lack of attention or he does this and this and that, this and this and that, and that kind of goes unnoticed. But I think when you've been in a relationship for such a long time. Not to say that she hasn't done anything bad. I don't think she's done anything bad. I think they're 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 a great tenor, but I just feel like when you've been together for, for with someone for such a long time, you you wanna at least feel wanted. Who doesn't want to feel wanted as well too? And for her, I think it is an insecurity that she's gonna definitely need to help um get past. But I think I think she's fine, man. Um I think it's fine. Like what what do you think about that? Uh yeah, here it goes. I'm about to put my love doctor uh, shirt on real quick just to Drum roll, please. Changing the phone booth, but um, with with the whole Aisha Curry comment, uh, first off, social media is undefeated. Like I love the memes. Like I'm gonna join. I what I don't go for is bashing somebody, expressing themselves, or like telling you how to feel. Like you can disagree with somebody, but like to bash somebody that probably you know you can relate to somebody. And you can, you know, try sure as hell to put yourself in in their shoes. And if you if people really tried to do that, they wouldn't have those comments about it. But you're not gonna fit anybody's shoes perfectly. You know, you're gonna put them on and then cool, keep going. But I think what Aisha Curry said is what a lot of people think. You know, if you if and fellas are the main ones to to to, to kind of can be hypocritical about it, fellas. If you were if you was dating Rihanna. You know, like, you dating Rihanna, you average Joe. You know, you dating Rihanna. 
your eyes are going to be on Rihanna the whole time. And you're going to be concerned about what you and Rihanna's relationship the whole time. You know who's going to stop hitting you up? Other girls, because they know you dating Rihanna type stuff. And Rihanna's the superstar. You average Joe. I mean, for the, for the sake of the, the analogy, but you average Joe. And then what? So you get on the cock show. You decide to express yourself. Well, you know what? You know, back in the day, you know, I was in college. My DMs used to be popping, you know. But I got Rihanna. And, you know, I got a, we got a family now. People still be like shooting their shot at Rihanna. You know what I'm saying? Like, my boys shoot their shot at Rihanna. Because Rihanna bad, you know what I'm saying? Rihanna still in her DMs. So I'm kidding. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? See, well, he's in his D- her DMs right now as I'm talking. Hi, no. Rihanna. Hi, Rihanna. But, um, what? I just, I just... I think it's a, it's an accurate feeling to have for one. I think it came at a really weird time. <laughs> Granted, Steph Curry's in, in in the in the playoffs battling and stuff like that. Then you want to be like, yo, like, you know, I wish somebody would look at me. <laughs> but um, nah, it's 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 nothing like that. It's something that I, I feel like if you were really human, you can understand. And two, Steph Curry and Aisha are a team. They're some champions. <laughs> They've been champions three or four times at this yeah. point. You know, so they, they know how to keep their house rolling. They know their marriage comes first. They know, you know, what, what there's probably a conversation they've been had probably tens of times. Yeah. So when she's saying it, the only thing that took it out of context is the media and everybody else. You know, we're we not, we not in their bedroom per se. And I, I mean, I mean, like bedrooms in their, in their intimate conversations and stuff like that. We just on the outside looking in, you know, and you said, Supported her a hundred percent from the top of it. What he should have done, because yeah, he better do that shit. He would have got he, he would have got flat. You know, yeah. he would have got destroyed. The same women that would were banging on Aisha Curry about being upset, they would have got destroyed by that. So I don't I don't have any problems with what she said. I think she was expressing herself. I would support my wife the same way. You know, if there, if there was a conversation to be had on the side, I have that too. But at the same time, on face value, you know, when, when it's us, it's us against the world. I don't care if maybe, like, all right, so, so something happened within. No, it's still us against the world. I'm going to have your back. We will have to figure out how to explain it to the world if I need to address the world. But, no, nah, it's us against the world at all times. And Aisha Curry, keep riding for your man. Uh, shout out to the Curry. Shout out to uh, Aisha. Two things I want to say. Um, so <laughs> this is just me. Number one, um, I feel like, I don't know, like, obviously, like, Aisha Curry, you're you're beautiful. Like, you're, your whole family beautiful. You have beautiful kids, like, Everything about you guys are great. And to me, you guys kind of remind me of Obama and Barack and Michelle Obama. On a sports level. Like, yeah, on a sports level, when I see you guys, I think of the first lady and and the president. So, I don't know. With me, it's kind of just like a respect thing. Like, I know what you guys stand for and what you guys, like, represent. So, I wouldn't even think about, like, contacting you or whatever. It's just a respect level. So, I think that's a lot. That has a lot to do with it as well, too. But like you said, too, like... If you are a celebrity like a Steph Curry or like an artist or whatever, you're going to get retention across. It's like these people are going to be out for you. You know what I'm saying? So it makes sense. Um, but at the same time, I'm not even going to – I'm not even being any type of way. But I feel like if roles were reversed and a guy in the relationship said that, yo, like I just want to, you know, get some form of attention that I feel like that wouldn't that wouldn't fare well at all can you comment on that or are you just gonna stay dormant about it because I, I personally do feel like if 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 a guy has said that in a relationship then he's 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 catching some hell from his shorty bro oh yeah and and all the girls on Twitter <laughs> definitely from the uh <laughs> from the women's side of it I think uh 
I think he gets some flack from it. And I, I think you just know what to say. You shouldn't, you know, you don't don't be dumb about it, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if worlds were brothers, that's that's a what if scenario. And we're not gonna deal in what ifs. This is gonna be a court of law. Will it, will it be gender or relationship court of law? This is gonna be a court of law. We're gonna stick to the facts. There's no what ifs right now. So if Seth Curry comes out and say he wishes he had more <laughs> girl attention, then so be it. You know, so so let him say it and then we'll get, address it then. But right now it's just it's Aisha Curry and uh it, it was handled well by both parties. Uh, Aisha Curry, if you ever happen to listen to this, just know we fully support you. Um love your cooking channel, cooking show. Uh and you know, I might have to if I'm pockets looking right one day, you know, I might have to invest in in, in the little uh package thingy that you guys got, the whole meal prep thing. So Shout out to you. Keep doing your thing, girl. You know, and just know that you're beautiful. You have a great husband, great kids, great support system. That's all you need. Keep doing you. Anyways, um, second round matchups, man. Before we get into the conference finals, uh, we can start off with the Bucks versus Celtics, man. The Bucks mollywopped the Celtics four games to one. And... They won by an average of 16 points per game. It looked like the regular season Bucks, where Giannis only plays 30 to 32 minutes and literally sits out the fourth quarter or most of the fourth quarter. Giannis went insane, guys. Ridiculous. Only played 34 minutes. Average 28 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 1.4 steals, 2 blocks. Shot 52% from the field and 41% from three. Facts. Got great production from Middleton, who averaged 19, Hill 14, Blesso 13, Meritich 11, and other people like Ilyasova, Lopez, and, and Pat C., um, wow, I was shocked. I really thought this game was going to go at least a minimum of six games. I think I said the yeah, the Bucks in seven. Um, I think it's just because of what I just expected out of the Celtics, knowing that they were the favorites in the preseason to be in the finals, knowing that, you know, with the talent that they had, you, you can argue from spot number one to spot number 12 or whatever, they had the best talent from head down, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I thought from the Indiana series that they really had it figured out, but – that wasn't the case. All the flaws that we saw in the regular season came into fruition. Gordon Hayward's not where he used to be. Um, Gordon, yeah, Gordon Hayward's not where he used to be, and I feel like they still – Gordon Hayward's not where he used to be. Brad Stevens is still, was still trying to find that right rotation, and it kind of seemed like he didn't want to step over anyone's toes and whatnot. I feel like he could have done a better job at a rotation, and I just feel like they – Based on the season, based on Kyrie coming back with Gordon Hayward and trying to mesh them with the young time, I just feel like that just didn't end up working. And, and credit to credit to the Bucks, man. Um, just looking at Giannis, bro. Yikes. He, you can't stop this guy, bro. He remind. Do you ever watch Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He remind me of Broly. Like, okay, bro. Okay. Ain't no stopping this dude. Uh, like he's gonna get his regardless. And and I, I honestly like. Honestly, maybe if the Celtics had defined their roles a little bit better, I feel like they would still lost. I just feel like the Bucks are just a better team, and their role players are just better. Yeah. And they just they just didn't have no answers for for Giannis because it's like if you play him one on one, he's gonna get to the basket and he's gonna draw the foul. And if you don't do that and you double team him, he has shooters all there. So there was really no way to stop them. Um, and a lot of it, I'm gonna kind of blame Kyrie too because he kind of signed up for being. Um, the guy, you know, he wanted to leave LeBron. He went to his team finally, and I just feel like he didn't really come to play. You know what I'm saying? He was well below a season average in every every freaking category. Only averaged 20 points, six assists, four rebounds, shot 36% from the field, 22% from three. 
And that was just kind of alarming. Um, do you think he was locked in? And it kind of made me think, like, do you think he was locked in? Do you think he had one one foot out the door? Like, like, what do you think happened? What do you think was the demise of the Celtics getting beat like this? I think that the Bucks are a unique, you know, they're a unique team. Like, you have your longest player is your point guard, who is not going to be stopped from getting to the basket. You know? And, and that's hard to guard, for one, because – when you when you have shooters around them, and you have role players that know their role, so you so say you have you have Giannis driving to the basket, and then like you just said, if you double him, then oh, kick it out, and then somebody's gonna knock it on a shot. Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon came back in the last game. Granted, he didn't make a huge huge impact, but he was ten points coming off the coming off the bench. Efficient, and efficient from the field. Yeah, 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 efficient. And then you have the other guys around that are not gonna literally let you down. And then on the flip side, again, you have the least. That's guarding people. You have Kyrie that you, you're saying maybe he let him down. Maybe he had one foot out the door. I just think that the stakes weren't super high given how the season went. When, once you realize, dang, like these guys are kind of just like getting us out of the way. The stakes are super high because one, the season didn't go well. And then two, like your free agency's coming. You know, you could be worried about it. But at the same time, you could be like in a way over it. Just like Terry Rozier was on first take today, I think, or the yeah, same he's thing. on today. He was like, "Hey, like, would you come back?" He, he said, "I put it with a lot. I might not go back." Yeah, you know? he said, "Yeah, he said he's only coming back." Mm-hmm. Basically, he uh, said he alluded to he's only coming back if he's a starter. Yeah, that's it. He's so not going to take a back seat. But you know. this just didn't make no sense, bro. Uh, what do you think happens next for the Celtics? Do you think he's gone? I think he's personally gone. Yeah. Um, now, what do you do, like? Because you can give him the, he can get the most money in Boston. They have his bird rights, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so do you keep him, and let's say get rid of a Rozier? Um, the greatest thing to do for me, I think, was would be to retain your superstar. You know, that would be the smartest political and basketball combined thing to do. I think, to be honest, and we've seen it before, you let your young talent continue to flourish. You have Gordon Hayward still there, you know, he, but he, he kind of clashes with a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown because they're trying to play the same roles. And that's what I'm saying too. It's like they're deep at that position. Ideally, like you said, it's politically correct to retain your free agent, your superstar. But it's like I think the way Kyrie plays, like he kind of takes away from the young players developing because I didn't really see yeah in the system. I didn't really see any progression in Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. And then, like you said, Rozier had limited minutes. So, literally, he's coming in the game. He's playing with Kyrie. He doesn't really know how to play off ball like that with someone that's so ball dominant. And then if he's not playing with him, he's playing with Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward is a primary decision maker. So, I think mm-hmm. for the Celtics' future, I think you just got to let Kyrie bounce and let and let these young boys develop into their own. See, it would have been dope if, like, if, if I felt like if Jason Tatum was already in his prime right now, he could mm-hmm. definitely play with Kyrie right now. But they have to develop on their own. Yeah. And, and that's how I feel about that. Uh, I agree with that. So, I mean, I'm saying the best political and basketball move probably be to keep him. But at the mm-hmm. same time, for the sake of your system, uh, for the sake of your organization going forward for years and years, and granted, how Kyrie's answered the question, like, since he didn't want to bring any attention to the subject, but, you know, he, he never said, oh, I'm going to stay with Celtics. Mm-hmm. And, and and the choice is his, but if, if I'm the GM, all right, let's see where we can get Kyrie to, make him happy, and then 
you know, we had a team that got to the Eastern Conference Finals last year that hopefully we could put in a, a point guard that we have weapons. That's 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 a no brainer. We have a coach that can that can coach us up as long as we have a solid guard, we have some weapons, we have these young talent that continue to develop and we keep either keep our, our, our defensive guards or, you know, reshuffle the deck and get somebody that might come in for Marcus Smart, get somebody that might come in for McKee Morris and stuff like that. But I think it'll be a good decision to shop Kyrie. To let him go. Kyrie. Or it'll be dope if they had like a kind of like what they did with Chris Paul when he went to Houston when they had the sign and trade. So that's when they got like Lou Williams, Pat Beverly, Montrezl Harrell. That'd be I think two like first round picks. That'd be kind of dope too. That'd be interesting. So we'll see. And then the draft lottery is coming on in like literally 20 minutes. So <laughs> when we're still recording this, and when we find out who has the top five, top 10 picks or whatever, we'll definitely deliver that to you guys. Um, but damn, it sucks, man. Uh, if you're Kyrie, where do you want to go? And why? To LA. LA? Yeah. Why? Sunshine, man. I don't care about basketball. No, nah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, you I'm going to shoot a movie. Nah. Because um, they can pay me. I know they can pay me. They're looking for another free agent. And I feel like with me already knowing LeBron, it would be a great fit as long as I come in with like good intentions. And I, I could be the first one to the, to the punch in a way. Yeah, you know, Kyrie's what 27, 28. No, I think he's like 25, 26. Oh, like he's a young boy, like with LeBron, with LeBron a decade older than him, pretty much. Pretty much, then yeah. that, that'll be your team. And they, there was, I mean, Brandon Ingram emerging. You got Jason Kidd over there, you got Frank Vogel that knows how to win. Uh, only thing is, it's the, it's the conference, it's a tough conference, but you want to you play a different kind of basketball, you want to have not as much of the pressure on you. Uh, you could go over there, it's just that that conference is. Disgusting, and you guys aren't even the best team in town right now. Yeah, I like what the Clippers have right now. Um, I think the Clippers literally just need wing players because they already have a big, and they already have Lou. They have everything they need. They just need that two-way player, or maybe two. Getting into two free agents. So, if I'm the Clippers, I don't want Kyrie. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, I'm banking on being Jerry West and getting a Kevin Durant, getting a Kawhi Leonard to compare together. Um, and I can't – I'm not really going to Brooklyn because if I'm the GM at Brooklyn, I'm kind of just investing in D'Angelo Russell, Dinwiddie, and Levert. Um, so that leaves me with one option and one option only. Two options. Three options. <laughs> going to the Lakers, like okay. you said, staying in Boston or going to New York um, because, we, like we said, it's going to be in real time. We see who they get. Um, if the Knicks get the number one pick, they're more than likely not going to keep Zion. They're going to trade the number one pick to get AD, and then it just makes the most sense to be like a Miami Heat and actually form another super team with AD, Kyrie, KD. So um, I'm just going to, if I'm Kyrie, like you said, like you preached by, live in the moment, see what happens, and and then then you strike. You know what I'm saying? Question. Mm Mm-hmm. Are super teams still gonna work going forward? Yeah, definitely. They're just they're just not gonna be OD like the Warriors, but there's I gonna think be the super Warriors teams. work because the superstars on that team know their roles. On their roles, and they're they're not they're kind of a tradi- they're, they're how an organization should be ran, if you feel me out. So Mark Jackson was there, developed the coaches. Mark Jackson. Mark, yeah, Mark Jackson was there, developed the players. They drafted Steph Curry, they drafted Draymond Green, they drafted Klay Thompson. They got uh, Iggy from free agency, I believe, and then they, I think yeah. they traded for Andrew Bogut. So they built it from the ground up, and then from there, they signed their free agent, which is supposed to be as an organization, KD. But it just so happens that this team that was built from the ground up was 73-9, and nine, beat the Bulls record. <laughs> good. We're killing all these teams. And then from there, uh, you know, 
they 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 had KD. So I think it really kind of depends on what KD does because I feel like if KD does that, I don't think they'll necessarily be a super team sort of, but I think they'll be like a minimum if you're an elite team have two like all-star caliber players or at least a superstar to pair with another all-star. And that's what I like to see like a James Harden and Chris Paul, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and like a CJ and – and 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 Damian Lillard, I like to see that, and I can't. I think that kind of gives balance and, and gives hopes to everyone else too. But um, I think super teams will go on forever. But I feel like it's gonna die down a little bit. Um, but it, it, it's still gonna be there. Yeah. I think the league is fun if KD goes to the East, so like in New York. You think it's fun? I think the league gets really really fun. Yeah, like, because now you're literally like, it's up for grabs every year. Yeah. Like obviously going into next season, you're gonna have the words as the favorites based on their resume. But from there, it's just like, wow, like, yeah. who's actually going to win this shit? You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a dog fight the whole time. And that's what I want to see because we need that. You know what I'm saying? I don't want, I don't like foregone conclusions anymore. I like the, I like the fear of the unknown. There are rumors that, uh, that New Orleans is going to get that first, a lot that Lowry pick and trade him, try to trade Zion for AD, like right off the bat. Oh, try so he's going to go to the Knicks? Well, there's rumors that the Knicks get it. They were going to try to lure the Pelicans to trade for that Zion, that pick for AD, oh, yeah. you know. So uh, it, it'll be a fun league if, yeah, if KD I, goes east. And, um, I, and I just feel like like the universe kind of just has it set up that way. Like I, I truly believe the Knicks are going to get the number one pick and they're going to get AD and they're going to get two other superstars. And I, and I think that's exciting for the league as well too because not Rome wasn't built in one day. They're going to have their struggles, but – Damn, when you got those guys together, <laughs> it's going to be crazy. But moving on from that, um, Denver versus Portland. This is where, ladies and gentlemen, Trey won his red wine from me. Um, he predicted Portland winning the seven. They did their thing. Um, and, then, and shout out to Portland, man. They just keep surprising us, man. Dame and CJ, uh, you can argue that they're the best backcourt. I say they're the best back. Yeah, I, uh, then I can't argue that. I mean, you can argue that, but it's like, with what Steph Curry and what Klay Thompson have done with their body of work, you can't really bet against them. But this year, man, Dame and CJ have been on another level. And Dame kind of struggled with this, this, this series, you know what I'm saying? Even though he he put up, what, 25 points, six assists, five rebounds, he shot 41% from the field this year. And um, he only shot 29% from three. So credit to CJ because um, Dame struggled for the most part at that year. I think he had a solid game one. Game two was okay. Had a pretty solid game three. Game four was okay. Pretty solid game five. Game six, you know, get pretty pretty okay game five. Game six, he went off. And then game seven, he struggled. And CJ just did what he had to do. You know, averaged 26 points per game, um, six rebounds, three assists, 46% from the field, 38, 38% from three. And it's just kind of crazy because I didn't really – I had my doubts. Like, I wanted Portland to win just because I, I just – I just rock with that backcourt, but I had my I had my my troubles because I was like, yo, if Endis Cantor has a separated shoulder and Nurkic is out, like Jokic is gonna eat, and he did, he eat. definitely <laughs> did eat. Uh, he averaged twenty seven, fourteen, and eight, shot fifty two percent from the field and forty seven percent from three. Like that's od. I w- if you'd have told me Jokic going into the playoffs, if you'd have told me. Jokic would be out playing Joel, be out, be like, yo, what, what the hell are you talking about? You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? But him and Murray, man, Denver Nuggets are going to be a problem. Um, they're like that next team that's on the rise that you're going to just love to watch, like how OKC came up. 
how Golden State came out. I think they're going to be a team that's looking very, very promising moving forward. Um, so I'm excited to see that young talent go. And 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 we just had breaking news the other day. Michael Porter just got cleared for that's summer cleared, league. So it's going to be crazy. I got high hopes on him. They said going into high Katie school, Katie like. So if his back is right, man. It's gonna be very, very spooky hours, but man, I'm I'm proud to CJ and Dame, man. Like, just from where they came from last year, getting swept two years in a row. I think one year by Golden State, last year by the Pelicans. To see them learn from their mistakes and actually bring it into fruition is, is really crazy. Um, and what I saw, like Game Seven, they were down 17 points, bro. Like I was about to watch uh, yeah. All American. Uh-huh. I, was, I literally sweated out all American. All American. But my boy Austin was like, yo, let's just watch this game, see how it pans out. But what I saw with them, man, on the road in Denver, where it's really hard to win and the altitude is just a bit higher, they play with a lot of poise that I've never really seen in the past years. And I feel like they finally learned what it takes to win. So they were locked in, man. They were locked in, man. And and just credit to them, man. I really like what they have. You know what I'm saying? Their coach is doing a damn good job with the pieces that they have. Because we we argued about this a little earlier on um, in the past previous episodes. Small markets aren't meant to thrive, and just to work with what they have, um, credit the to them, man. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that 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 matchup, man? Um, it's going to be big. Me and Water going to the matchup with uh, KD, I think not supposedly going to play till game three. So, you know, they could put some fire on him. And uh, Dame plays very well. He's from Oakland, so he plays very well over there. And – He's going to go at Seth Curry, who I think is the best point guard in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, CJ McCullen, they're playing like Captain America and Winter Soldier. Like, it's just, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, I was thinking Goten and Trunks. Goten and Trunks. Ah, put some respect on their name. <laughs> Goten and Trunks ain't never beat no villain. But uh, <laughs> no, it, it's going to be big. I think from a backcourt standpoint, yeah, just just talk about these guys because we're gonna talk about conference final matches. So. Yeah. Well, well, for, for just them, uh, they pulled it out. I think them being able to overcome when again, like the altitude in Denver, Dame not having a great game, uh, but still being able to like get those deep threes off like he usually does. That's what really expands his game is those deep threes because you can't you can't guard him. He's too shifty to guard going downhill. And then once you get him outside, if he's gonna hit those shots, like how do you guard him at all? And then CJ McCollum being a nice, he he's like. Clay Thompson, but more dribble moves, like a lot, a lot more better with the ball on the ground. Honestly, know? like I think everyone will argue Damian Bill is obviously better, the best player on the team, obviously the superstar franchise player, whatever. But I think from an offensive package, McCullum, McCullum, bro, that boy can go. Yeah, <laughs> that boy can go. It's just crazy too how KD and I was talking to you about this when uh, we were driving here. Um, KD really came on his podcast last year, the pull-up podcast during the offseason. He really had the nerve to tell KD, I mean, for, for KD to tell him why he's eating his potato chips, barbecue <laughs> potato chips, just disrespectful, saying, first and foremost, you guys essentially do, you guys don't have what it takes to get to where it needs to be because of the talent that you guys have. So KD just alluded that his team is stacked. And two, he had the nerve to tell him, I don't know if I told you this, he told him on the show that he should come off the bench. Wow. He told CJ McCollum he should come off the bench. Wow. Um, basically, he's saying, yo, you should just essentially join a better team and just come off the bench and be that six man. CJ was That's like, sick. what are you talking about? What a like, KD mentality. Huh? What a KD mentality. What a KD <laughs> nah. mentality. Disrespectful, bro. Disrespectful. So, you know CJ heard all that chirp, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be pretty interesting, man. But but shout out to 
Shout out to Damon CJ advancing to the conference finals because if you would have told me going into this season that they were going to get there, I was going to be like, hell no, because I thought they were going to lose first and foremost in the first round to OKC. Mm-hmm. That just is proof that regular season do not mean shit. Um, Warriors-Rockets, man, uh, one of the most anticipated matchups <laughs> this whole year, honestly, for real, for real. And uh kind of sucks that, uh, you know, the Rockets ended up losing four games to two. Um Every game was crazy. Every game was literally divided. I mean, like, decided by, like, what, six points or fewer? Like, this was the first series I've probably seen. um, Even though it didn't go seven games, every game was, like, decided by at least a minimum, I mean, a maximum of two possessions. So, kind of sad because, like you said a little earlier, KD, KD went out. Almost towards the end of game five. Yeah, game five. And then time was still going in that game. There was like it Time was, was still going. It was like a, a few deciding possessions left in that game. And it's crazy. It's like just a lot of things. Like let's let's dial back. Like Boogie's not available for this round. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are not playing well the whole round. And you guys and Katie goes out, you guys still can't get the W. And it's just like, whoa, like, like, like what's really going on? Like when Katie goes out, it should be it's go time. Kill. If you're the leader, Kill you're mode. saying, yo, let's take these motherfuckers soul right now. Like, let's get this dub and end this shit in game six, bro. Let's it. end this shit game six. For Garden to be so passive in the fourth quarter, I'm just like, dude, like, what are you doing, bro? It didn't make any sense. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, I want you guys to do it. You, any other team would go at them. But at the same time, it's like, you're still adjusting on the fly. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And I felt like, I, I thought they were going to win game six because I thought that with KD being out and them going over tape, I thought they were, they were going to be better equipped to adjust to what they were doing. But no, KD no. not there. That means Steph Curry has to be more aggressive. That means Klay Thompson mm-hmm. getting more shot. That means it's going to be a lot more motion offense because with KD, he stops the ball. He's so damn good. You just throw it to him in the post, and he's just going to go go hand. So that kind of oh, yeah. takes Steph Curry and takes Klay Thompson out of their rhythm. But when they're – the Warriors are at their best when they're moving the ball. Um, and, and it kind of made me mad, too, because, like, it was pretty dope, I'm not going to lie, to see the OG Warriors starting five with Bogut, yeah. um, Iguodala, Draymond, Steph, and Dray um, – um, yeah, that's all. And Klay Eating. playing all together. It, it was dope to see them play together. Um, and it kind of just makes you a little upset, like, dude, Katie, did you really need to go there? <laughs> Like, the Warriors are still great without you. I feel like the Warriors are always a, a, a title contender or a favorite every year. But with KD, he just is that luxury. He just gets them over the hump. Yeah, it's like, championship. Ring me, please. Ring me, please. Um, I think, the, the, like you just said, the Warriors are such a dangerous team. And I think they're the most dangerous when Steph Curry's getting however many shots he wants to up. You know, I mean, Steph. But when, when Steph's getting as many shots as he wants to up, his percentage goes up. You know, like, <laughs> that dude's amazing. I saw that the shot, when he shot the shot to, to put the dagger in the Rockets that last game, I thought it, was, it wasn't even going to hit the rim for a second. That's how high it went. And I'm just, I'm just looking at it. It didn't, it didn't hit anything. It didn't hit the net. I mean, it, hit, it didn't hit the, the rim at all. It just sunk. And he, it was a step back from, like, James Harden and Chris Paul. And then he walks into the locker room. Keep me off the court again. Keep me off the court again. I mean, now he can shoot whenever he wants to in Houston, because the Rockets not gonna be practicing. <laughs> That's sick. Like the whole story, <laughs> the whole story on Chris Paul coming and reserving the court. 
Dude, we can't I'm shoot. about to go there. Yeah, tell, 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 tell so, the fans, so. um, well, the audience, I don't want to say fans, tell <laughs> the audience like what Chris Paul did and what Steph Curry was trying to do. So essentially, um, Steph went and uh, got the the um, equipment guy or the, the manager for the team, the Gordon Ward team, said, hey, uh, and managers kind of do it all for players. It kind of depends what your function of a manager is. Definitely on a professional level, you're kind of catering to whatever the players need. You're making sure they're right, ready to go. You're you're a servant of the organization, but managers make this stuff tick. And he's like, yo, I need to get this car. I'm trying to get some shots up. Managers being the, the basketball lovers that we are, and, and they are, because I've been in the manager position before, like, yo, let me... Uh, Reserve this court time with the, with the uh, at Houston on the court. So you go to their front office. So you go to the people that manage the court. They say, all right, cool. You guys have this for an hour. All right, nobody's here. Like none of our players are gonna be here working out. And even then, they say, all right, you get to have the court. That's cool. Chris Paul finds out and says, hey, I'm about to work out. Steph Curry finds out again. Like, hey, well, we can just use the half of it. Chris Paul's like, no, nah, I'm gonna do the four court workout during that same time. <laughs> That you're gonna work out. So, so in my mind, I see Steph Curry just being out there and being ready to go. And he gets to the court and he's like, "Yo, you can't be out here." Chris is warming up. He's using the whole court. So petty. So petty. He probably. And the thing is, he probably wasn't even using the whole court. He might have jogged back and forth up the court maybe once, and then he probably used half the court. But it says he was using the whole court, or maybe he did like a full court shooting drill or something like that that he didn't even need to do. And and he kicked Steph Curry off the court, not allowing him to get his shots up. You know, they got the main court. They got the practice facility. <laughs> Chris Paul could get shots up wherever he felt like getting shots up. But he was like, you know what? It's a war. It's a battle mentality. You're not going to use my court. Forget that. Bump that. So, in, in, in real Hollywood, defeat the mean girls fashion, Steph Curry crosses over. It might have been a step back. I don't think it was a step back. It was just a crossover. It was a mean crossover. And then he gets this quick shot up. Just like he always does in Game Six, and it goes up again. I thought it was gonna like not even hit the hit the. It wasn't gonna hit anything. I thought it was gonna be an air ball for some reason, but splash just doesn't hit the rim. Goes straight through the net, and he gets to go back into the locker room and tell Draymond, "Yo, kick me off the court again. I bet he won't kick me off the court again." Well, you can't, Chris Ball, because they're moving on, and Steph Curry's hit his head. And the Warriors. Yikes. I guess Rondo was right, Chris Paul. You'll never win a ring. That kind of sucks, Brody. Kind of sucks. So what I want to go into before we get a Raptor Sixers recap is, damn, James Harden played a pretty good series, 35, 36 points per game. Um, and then I think six rebounds and 2.2 steals. They didn't have any help with that last game. Didn't have, yeah. Chris Paul had like 29. James Chris Paul Harden played great. Had like game 37 seven. or 35. Six, yeah. And the, the rest of everybody didn't. Was like the most like ten by like Clint so, Capella. Two things I want to ask you. Um, I forgot what these want to ask you. Well, just yes or no, okay. and then we'll talk about it. Is the Houston Rockets window of opportunity closed now? Um, I don't believe it's closed. It's closing swiftly. Definitely when they got rid of players like Trevor Ariza. Like, I say yes and no. Yes, because. If you can't win without another superstar there, then, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but no, because if KD leaves, then, like you said, that kind of evens the playing field. Right back at it. So that's what I'm thinking. And then number two, it's kind of like at this point you would say with the core that Houston has, they kind of have their identity offensively, right? Yeah. So do you think at this point in time with this 
we're going to hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball, and get our last shot up. They, they, either, they either have the ball to James Harden, he holds the ball until there's like literally five seconds left, or they chuck up a quick three. You know what I'm saying? So do you think they should fire Dan Tony at this point to get a new coach? Because, we, like I said, they already have their identity. So what do you think they should do with that? Uh, the biggest thing probably to do would be get a uh, – and it sucks because they've been they've been producing. But like Kobe said in one of his other uh, – not in, in an interview I saw, he was like, all right, I love James Harden. I love what he's doing. Like he's really like changing the game. He's doing He's doing well. But you're not going to win a championship like that, yeah. playing the way that James Harden is playing. So I think for his concept purposes, you have to get rid of uh, Mike and D'Antoni, and then you have to kind of like shake it up because you're not going to you're not going to win staying the same as we saw from the Celtics this year. I said that like a lot of I've said that a lot in podcasts. Like the Celtics, they didn't change at all. But for their organization, I think going forward, and who's available for to coach? You know the Mark the Rotics. Mark Jackson. Jackson. Mark Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> I, Mark Jackson pissed somebody off, clearly. Or he's just comfortable being a, a broadcaster. I don't, who knows? But you got to get rid of Mike Dantacone and that, that system, that concept. You, you have to find an efficient way to win without doing that. Because they've gotten to every, each year they've gotten to that spot, but you have to get over the hump. But then you, you want to go back and find an efficient way to win without doing how you guys have always played. Who's going to step up? And it's like, you can say that too, but I feel like we're just in the era of Golden State's dominance because I feel like there's a lot of teams back in the day who went up against the Bulls. We thought they had a chance, but the other team was just way better. Yeah. Like, that's what it's like. If Golden State, if there was no Golden State, Houston would probably have been to the finals the last two years. You know what I'm saying? Um, But at the same time, it's like, with with the pieces that they have, James Harden, Eric Gordon, um, and Chris Paul, you would think they can, they would, they can run, a, with the talent they have, they can run a motion offense. You know what I'm saying? They can run a different offense and, and be more efficient. Like, and and that all that analytics bullshit, like, that, throw that shit out the door. Like, <laughs> I fuck with you, Daryl Moore, but at the same time, like, this is not working. We're not talking about if they're going to be efficient. We're talking about if they're going to run a fucking motion offense and beat the Warriors, Get over the hump. Are they going to beat the Warriors? I mean, at this point, <laughs> it's like with what they have now, and it sucks you gave Chris Paul. I love Chris Paul and whatnot, but I feel like he's don't on get the a decline. Day. You don't get a day for kicking Except for up the court. Yeah, bro. Um, but we'll see what's good with that. Uh, I think they should fire Dan Tony. I think they should get a whole new offensive coaching staff. Keep Chris Bellick. Um, and then if you can try to possibly trade Chris Paul, do that. If not, um, I don't really know who you can get. I mean, you can just get people that get bought out, honestly, because their salary cap is pretty much hit. And then they gave, uh, what should we call it, Clint Capella that contract. He didn't even play like he's worth it at all. Um, so they're kind of tied up with what they have now. So unless they make a trade with uh, Chris Paul or like an Eric Gordon to get pieces back, then you're kind of you're screwed. But then again, you wait to see what KD does, and then from there you're good. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what's good with them, man. Kind of disappointment, and then what, what do you think this last thing, what do you think this does to James Harden's legacy? Or is he going to be like the Peyton Manning of the, obviously Peyton Manning won two rings, but is he going to be like the Peyton Manning of the NBA where you do so well in the NFL, I mean, in the regular season, now you're just like, yo, like, what now? Like, like what now? Um, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel yeah. like I think he hasn't had that signature game yet where he just wills his team to get that W. I haven't seen that yet from him. 
and and it seems like in these game sixes, he always finds a way to fold. Or whenever he's at home, he always finds a way to fold when it matters the most. And Daryl Murray, like I said, analytics can get you so far, but it's that that heart that you need to have, you know, that gets you from point A to point B. So what are your thoughts on Harden and his legacy, man? Does this taint his legacy? Uh, Harden's legacy, I don't know if it taints it. I just think that it's it's a, it's a spot for him that he – he has to get over in order to like further his legacy. I don't think it taints it. I think it, it solidifies it up until now, but I think it could also be the ceiling in a, in, a, in, a, in a sort of way until he gets past what he's getting past. But you know, we can we can we can rate players individual wise. We can rate them as like far as what an organization do, does, and you know, no matter what anybody says, it takes an organization to to get over the hump to win a championship. Yeah, but. We want to call all the great players in the league champions at one point. Like p- definitely people that are putting up numbers, like a James Harden, or like you know people like a Russell Westbrook and stuff like that. Like they're doing numbers, and again, it, it puts a ceiling on his res- on his on, the, on his resume of play up until now. I don't think it taints it, but it puts a ceiling on it. All right. Well, we'll see what goes with that. And then, last but not least, before we get into the conference finals, Raptors versus Sixers, my favorite series, man. That that shit was crazy. Um, I think I don't remember my predictions. Did I say Raptors in six or seven? I think I said Raptors in seven. I want to say I said Raptors in seven. Don't quote me. I might go back to the previous episode, hear what I said, but um, it was everything that it, it was everything that you ever wanted. You know, what I'm saying you got a guy to just to paint a bigger, bigger, bigger picture for you. You got a guy in Kawhi Leonard. Obviously, you guys know he's my favorite player who missed an entire season. Essentially, only played eight, nine games last year. Everyone, the biggest knock on him was. Oh, he quit on his team. Oh, he's a system player. And when he goes to a new team, like, what is he going to do? And 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 this guy, man, <laughs> when you say if a certain player had a kid, like if Michael Jordan and Kobe had a kid mixed with a splash of Tim Duncan, you have your robot or your Android, whatever you want to call it, you have your child right there, Kawhi, man. I'm going crazy. He started off the first two games averaging 40 points against his squad. He ended up averaging 35 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, one steal, and shot over 50% from the field. Like, wow. Like, there was no answer for Kawhi. You try to put Tobias Harris on him, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler. You try to put whoever on the Ennis. He, you, he, you, you couldn't cook that. I mean, he, he cooked you. you. You couldn't do anything about it. He's just so great at picking his spots. Yeah. And we're like we were telling, we were talking, we were talking about it in the car. Like he really just seems unfazed by anything. Like everything just comes so easy to him, man. Um, he doesn't want anything else but play basketball. He's yeah, just, he's just cooling. You know, he's on cruise control. On cruise control, bro. And, and it was just crazy, like. Watching um, Game Seven, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little nervous. Like I always said, Raptors in seven because I'm a little biased, but I felt like there's a reason why the GM brought him in for Demar Derozan. You know, what I'm saying there's a reason why they had a change. You know, what I'm saying, and 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 this is why they brought him here, man. And it was crazy because at one point I think they were down like six or seven, and going into the third, then they were Kyle Lowry had a little like some key plays. I think he draw like two draw two. Uh, charges and had a nice little bucket. Uh, fourth quarter down a little bit too, and then he just he scored 15 points in the fourth quarter, um, and then he he did what he had to do. Um, 
There's four seconds left on the shot clock. Had a nice little wrap around, caught the ball, dribbled to the sideline, and he just threw that joint up against Joel Embiid, That's bounced nice. four times and went in, and he was the first ever player in the NBA history to make a buzzer beater in a game seven. So uh, shout out to Kawhi, man. He he did great. Like that 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 shit was crazy, man. Um, he had little, he literally for everyone that's doubted him before, he's had his moment. Um, and this is going to cement him um, and it's just going to get better from here on out. But what are your thoughts on Kawhi and his play? Uh, I tuned in like the final moments. Oh, damn. I, you know, I tuned in the final damn. moments before I went back and I went back and like looked at the game. But I tuned in the final moments. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, dang. Like, I, was, I was keeping up on my phone. I was doing some stuff and like the sports cast of it. And then I was like, damn, like, it, like it's, it's tied up. It's like 11 seconds left that they ran that play off the rough screen, off the elbow. Comes off, Ben Simmons is on him, and then like it's weird because Joe Allen beat was over there, and he kind of picks Ben Simmons, yeah. and then he uh, Joel Embiid is following him. Those two that one dribble and two steps to the corner, and then in in pure Kawhi fashion, off the one leg, kind of like it's not it's not a kick out like a like a James Harden kick out, which is it's like a kick out just kind of like to keep his balance, yeah. and he, he tosses it up. You say you want to get a little bit more volume on it. That thing, doo doosh, hits the rim. Yeah. Comes back, bounces literally the other side of the rim. And so you thought it was going to go to overtime too, but like. Everybody stopped. The moment it stopped in time because you were like, all right, I guess the shot didn't go in. Yeah. But it stayed around the rim and then it fell. And it's, that's the biggest dagger I've seen like in, in, my, in my NBA life yeah. as far as like. That's what it matters most, bro. Yeah, game seven. <laughs> game seven. You know, we weren't there to see uh, Michael Jordan hit the shot, you know, game six versus Utah when he hit that game winner, I think, in the second round yeah. um, or first round. I can't remember against Cleveland. Like, we weren't there for all those things, man. Um, but damn. Yikes. That's when to go home. That's people asking you right after the game, what are you doing free agency? What are you doing free agency? He's like, nah, uh, I'm just going to win my team. I'm but um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the biggest, I think the biggest thing going into the series, obviously, was his dominance, too. But it was just like, yo, like, the process. Like, is this the final process? Like, what's going to happen after this? And it just left me thinking, like, what's going to go on with Brett Brown? Is Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris going to get re-upped this day? Um, Joel and B, obviously, every, everyone's, a little, everyone's a little hurt in the playoffs as well, too. But, like, was your lack? So, he went ape shit in the regular season, and then... For him to only average 18, 9, and 3 with two blocks and shot 37% from the field, that's very unlikely, um, unlike Joel Embiid. Now, we heard he was battling knee tendonitis, and then he was a little sick as well, too. But just watching him throughout the whole series, his body language weren't really there. And I feel like with a player with high energy like that, you kind of feed off of that. And yeah. I feel like that just gave a wrong vibe to the whole entire roster, um, the whole entire team in general. But, like... He was still good because they said whenever he's on the court, you know, they outscored him by I can't remember how many points and it was off the court. They were just trash. But I really expected a better game from Joel Embiid. Um, but, yeah, man, once they started double-teaming him, it was a wrap. And then there's a myth, not a myth, there's this facts that out of all centers in the league since Joel Embiid's been playing, Marcus Gasol gives him the most problems too. So mm. credit to Marcus Gasol for, um, you know, just having that big body on him, just being smart. But – I think what really hurt them as well, too, is Ben Simmons. He's just his, his inability to shoot, you know what I'm saying? That really kind of takes away from Philly's full potential. Um, and it kind of sucks because it's like 
Joel Embiid, first and foremost, you really shouldn't be shooting threes like that. You know what I'm saying? We know you can shoot, but you're not a knockdown three-point shooter. The fact that Ben Simmons has to be in the paint makes Joel Embiid go outside the paint. You know what I'm saying? And what sucks as well, too, is like when when Joel Embiid is actually in the post, he gets double teamed. And then when he gets double teamed, what are you supposed to do when you get double teamed? You keep swinging it until you get Kick to the corner. Up. That was not the case at all, um, and that just kind of sucks. And now he's just like, yo, like what moves forward? There's rumors that Ben Simmons should get traded or Embiid should get traded. Like what do you think should happen? And I think this should be the turning point where things click with Ben Simmons and it's just like, yo, like I got to get a jump shot because this shit's pathetic. Like you have people who don't even hoop like that just go to the gym by himself. You know, they know they booty. They uh-huh. still going to shoot a jump shot. Like yeah. for him not to shoot one jump shot this whole entire series, maybe the whole entire playoffs, it's like, yo, come on, bro. Like don't take away from your team, man. Yeah, and you're taking away from the, from the whole scope of the game too. Like how – how are you gonna go? Like I can see if like every time you pass the ball, it was an assist or whatever like that. Like you just you're that good to where you can will your team to victory without having to shoot once and then. But if you could do that without having to shoot, you can do that without having to, like make a layup too. To be honest, but yeah. oh my goodness, like you have to learn how to shoot or not not even learn how to shoot. You just have to put put up a shot. You have to make it a threat. You know you have to like at some point when you get either up from outside the arc or from inside the arc, yeah. people you have to be a threat to possibly hit the shot or you have to be like you should be able to move people with a shot pick <laughs> you know yeah it's, it should happen from somewhere on the court um uh i don't know if you you would trade all that ben simmons is still a phenomenal player he's he's one of those once in a lifetime player he makes your he makes your team good and a competitive guard but you have to add that if not i mean then again your time's ticking with that and granted who knows if Jimmy Butler's gonna stay? I mean, he like he should stay. I, I would stay. stay. I would stay if I'm Jimmy. Yeah, but <sighs> unless you get Kate, unless you get a Katie and Kawhi to team up with you to go to Brooklyn and Clippers, I'm staying. Yeah, yeah. And then, how many more shooters do you want around? I mean, they, they got they got Mike Scott, they got uh, JJ Redick, they got I'm blanking on the last person, the other person, but and and maybe that's why Joel and B shoots a little bit more too, you know, because. Our small forward isn't shooting, but our center is taking a lot of outside jump shots. Yeah. Like, no, that has to be a little bit fixed, maybe systematically, but definitely from a player development standpoint. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens. See what happens with that. Um, Now, just to, you know, end everything, Blazers, Warriors, uh, conference final starts today, actually, in 45 minutes at 9 o'clock. And while we talk about this, I will go on to the ESPN Watch Live to see who gets that number one pick. So we'll definitely be looking at that right now. Um, oh, it actually starts at 8.30. Sorry, guys. So you might not you might not hear what happens. But uh, Blazers Warriors, man, the two best backcourts in the NBA going at it. Dame and CJ versus the Splash Brothers. No Katie, like you said a little earlier, no Katie for potentially the first two games. Um, you have a team that's been swept the last two years. Finally, you know, everyone's been talking bad about them. They finally get to the conference finals. You have a team that says, oh, we don't need – I mean, Katie's doing this, Katie's doing that. Steph maybe maybe a little overrated. He had to remind us again once Katie went down that he's still the best. Katie Thompson got back his groove. Um, this is going to be a dogfight, man. Okay. Uh, I, even if it ends in the X amount of game, I think every game is going to be competitive. And like I said before, CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, they finally know how to play on a composure. They've – they split the season series with them in the regular season. I know regular season really don't really mean anything, but the fact that they won on or, won in Oracle, 
they got the utmost confidence right now. You know what I'm saying? So um, I think it's going to be a dog fight, and I can't wait to see how this goes down. Um, what are your thoughts on this series, man? Warriors and seven. Why Warriors and seven? And what do you think is going to be the key for the Warriors to win this series? Uh, KD coming back for one. I don't think there's a player on. Now you think. Now you think if KD comes back, could they do what they've been doing, where you t- you disrupt the momentum of the rhythm and momentum of a Clay Thompson and of a Steph Curry, and you just let KD just kill you? Because that could work in their favor too. In a lot of ways, I mean, you'd have to come back and like try to see like how not to disrupt the rhythm, but it's just another added firepower that, I mean, Dame and CJ can put up a lot of points, but to outlast those kind of three. And, and what you're saying is they wouldn't, those three wouldn't all be going up together. It'd be one, two, or or one of or the other. But I think KD coming back would really push them over the edge, like we were talking about earlier. And like I, I'm not saying it's going to be five or six games. It's going to go seven games. But I think after those two games where it might be a little bit shaky, then going down the stretch, KD's going to put it all over the edge again, and it's going to be easy. Now, are you very confident that KD's going to come back? Because a lot of a lot of people that was like a lot of, like former players, um, analysts, and whatnot, they were saying like they think it's an injury where it's probably going to keep him out for the remainder of the the playoffs as well, too. That's interesting. I, I'm no, I'm no doctor, but I could see him come back. Because at first, I thought he hurt his Achilles. That's what I heard, thought he hurt at first, but he he strained his calf. Oh. Yeah, he strained his calf. So um, he strained his calf, I think, last season. And he missed, like, a couple games or maybe a week or two. But um, health over everything, you know what I'm saying? You're about to be free agent. You're about to be free agent, so you got to be smart with that as well, too. Like, I think Chris Paul could have truly played game seven last year. But, you know, he he Asian. He got that check. So yeah, he get that um, check. we'll see what's good with that. But uh, who do you have guarding who? Because um, if I'm Portland, I'm trying to – if I'm Portland and I'm C.J. McCollum or I'm Damian Lillard, I'm getting a switch so Steph Curry is on me at all times. I'm going at him at all times. But if you're the Warriors, who who are you trying to slow down between those two? You're only going to slow down one. You can try. You can try to put Clay on them, but is Clay – I mean, you got Iggy too. You got Iggy too. So who, who if you're Steve Kerr, what is your defensive game plan against CJ and Dame? Because you gotta take them out. And then another thing too, what I'm thinking about too is like it might not be in their favor because like with Denver, uh, they don't really necessarily have a traditional big, but they have like the nuance of a big right now, right? Yeah. So it's like Nurkic is not playing there right now, and it's Cantor's gonna be that starting center. Obviously he is injured too as well, but What's he known for? He's known for his offensive game. He's not known for his defensive effort. So I didn't really see them kind of – I kind of saw – it was kind of – even though Nurkic – I mean, uh, Jokic got his own buckets, you can still keep Cantor in the game. But I feel like if they go with that death lineup or the Hampton's fine lineup, is Cantor going to get forced to be out of the game? And is that going to kind of lead to the demise of Portland? Uh, uh, yes, that's a tough one. NBA coaching question. I think, <laughs> um, I think it could lead to the demise of Portland. One, because you know, I was watching the end of the last game, and they're playing offensive defense with Cantor, which tells you right there he's a liability in a lot of ways. Definitely from an offensive standpoint. I mean, it was for free throws, but we will expand that theory to to more than just that. But you go to the depth lineup. Granted, Steph Curry's still a 
very like he's the most efficient in that depth lineup. So that's the way to take them out right there. I just feel like there's more weapons for the Warriors as far as schemes goes, as far as matchups goes, as far as lineups goes, than the 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 Blazers would ever have. The Blazers just gotta give you a a hard stand up, you know, like old school military front and hope to win the war. And you know, the Warriors got this new school technology, this these new ways to come at you, all this stuff like that. And I just I don't I don't see that working out at all for the Blazers. You know, they could they could sneak a game or two. But in work or in general? In general. Okay. Yeah. In general. So and this this is all contingent that KD comes back. It's gonna be a lot longer of a series if KD's out for the entire series. And then that's when it gets shaky. That's when you're going back and forth and worse than a game seven that you know realistically the the um the Blazers have kind of been in like in a way two game sevens because Dame hit that shot in game six, but it was still with everything on, on game five. Wow, I'm, I'm damn, damn, <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah but but, but <laughs> damn, wow. It realistically, it just seems like they're playing in a, in a, in a more clutch style. You know, they, everything is a little bit more on the line for them. But whew, I, don't, I don't see them matching up with Warriors. So let's bet on this. Obviously, we both have the Warriors winning. Um, I say Warriors in six. Warriors in seven. Warriors in seven. Bottle line on that. Hmm, let's see. Let's see. Warriors in five. Bottle line You're on it. Sick. <laughs> Warriors in five. They got their, they got battle tested by OKC, who was one of the best defensive team all year, and then one of the other best defensive team in, in Denver. They gonna do. I could go for Clippers. The upset. Beat, Clippers won two games. They forced a game I, six. I, I, Houston won six games. I can see the upset happening. But for the sake of me not having to buy you a bottle of wine, I'll go Warriors and, and seven. <laughs> no, no, no. Be a minute. You, you, you said seven. You said five. I said two things. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go back to seven, and we're going to sit right there. So Warriors, and, Warriors and seven. Okay. I'm going to write that down actually right. right now. Warriors and seven. Oh, Lord Jesus. Shrek. Come all on, right. Dame. Last last topic of the day, uh, Raptors versus Bucks. This is going seven games, man. This is mm-hmm. so dope because LeBron James has left the East, and now it's just like, yo, like who wants the throne? Like I, 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 I literally surrender all my powers. <laughs> who wants the throne? You got the best two way player in the NBA, it's Kawhi Leonard, against the Greek freak, the Greek guy. You can call him whoever you want, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who was going to be the MVP this year. Um, it's gonna be crazy, man. It's gonna be crazy, and I think what's it gonna come down to. Is who like which role players um, step up the most? And if you lo- if you saw the last series with Toronto Raptors, the they basically the whole regular season they were they were built off of their their depth. So you had OG Ananobi who has not even been in the playoffs this whole game. I think he had a what what did he have? Yeah, appendectomy. Yeah, something like that. Appendectomy. He's been out the whole playoffs. Um, Jeremy Lin, he got acquired. He's not doing anything. Norman Powell, who I thought with Fred and Fleet, who I thought were going to make some noise, were non-existent that whole series. And I think what really bothered them was the length of uh, the 76ers. Okay. And the fact that Jimmy Butler was playing point guard kind of really bothered Van Vliet. But I think that Norman Powell and I think that Van Vliet will have a better series against um, – the, the backup with uh, George Hill um, and whatnot going up there. So I think it's going to be a pretty good series. Uh, I think it's going to go seven. But um, Raptors, 
I got Raptors in seven because I truly think Kawhi is the best player in the East right now. And I feel like the fact that they've been battle-tested so much, a lot of people like to sleep. Like, the series they played against the 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 Orlando Magic, I think that kind of fueled them. And I think when you go off in emotional games, seven emotional seven games against the uh, the juggernaut in the Philadelphia 76, I think that's going to fuel you. So um, I think it's going to go seven games. And I think the Bucks are finally going to get tested because I feel like with the Celtics, they – the Celtics were just all over the place. Like okay. the Raptors know the Raptors have an identity. They know what they're gonna do. So um, I think I think the Raptors are gonna win a seven. And 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 what you're gonna have to do is you're just going to have to limit that transition with Giannis, bro. If the Raptors miss their shot, they better get their ass back on yeah. defense because Giannis is the is is a, is a is a hybrid shack. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So if you if you if if Giannis gets you if you. And I, and I think, too, like, I don't think Ka- Kawhi's not going to really guard Giannis. Kawhi's probably only going to guard Giannis in spurts and mostly, like, in the fourth quarter. So it's going to be up to Siakam. It's going to be up to Ibaka um, and a little bit of Marcus Salt to to try to help defend this guy. So if Giannis gets Siakam or any of their, you know, top seven players and or any of their wing players, rather, in foul trouble, it might be a wrap early. But I think Toronto does a pretty good job at not fouling as much, so I think they'll be okay. And then in the regular season, um, Siakam was actually leading scorer against the Bucks, averaging 25, um, Kawhi 24, and Ibaka 22. So I, mm. I look for that team to be well. Um, and and, and there's, there's a lot of positive signs. You know what I'm saying? The Kyle Lowry, Eric Blessel match is going to be pretty interesting. Um i probably give the props to Bledsoe because he's been doing well. Um Danny Green, I think, is gonna he's he's, he's gonna have to find a way to get out of the slump, man. He he kind of played pretty trash offensively, but that in the Middleton matchup um, is gonna be interesting. Uh, I think Brooke Lopez and Marcus Gasol gonna cancel each other out as well too. Mm-hmm. I think Meritage is gonna start. Brogdon's gonna come off the bench, so uh, Siaka wins that matchup. And like we said with Kawhi and, and Giannis, that's gonna be interesting too. So I think if the Raptors can limit the transition points, don't really foul and defend the three-point line, because that's what killed Boston for real. Three killed Boston. If they can do those things and keep their identity and their role players give you something on the offensive end, I think they'll put themselves in position to to win the game. Uh, how do you feel about this series? I think at the core of it that the uh, Raptors are, are, have been a really, really like good team in the playoffs. Yeah. Granted, the Bucks have been... I feel like they haven't been teams. tested yet. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't been tested um, if I could go back to to yeah the two years ago when uh, Casey was their coach, you know I feel like they still kind of have that kind of feel, that kind of discipline as a team. And we again we haven't seen what what the Bucks are gonna do. I got I, I want an upset to happen just to play devil's advocate. So what is your upset? So you I, everyone would agree the Bucks are the favorites, right? Yeah. Okay. So you so your upset. Okay. So the my my, uh, my up, no my upset would still be the fav- like the favorite could just. Upset as far as what you just said, type of thing. So I, I would go Bucks and Bucks and six. I mean, I, I'm gonna even be mad at you. Like that. This is just me wishful thinking. Yeah. Um, because I just feel like this year, I just feel like it's just something different about Kawhi, it's, man. It's Kawhi and Toronto. Some, some about Kawhi just making me believe they're really gonna go to the finals. Like there has to be a reason why he actually came here, bro. Yeah. You don't just have that wild ass game seven and this this crazy ass performance for just nothing. Get, like get out in six. I'm get out in six, six, man. Yeah. But 
the Bucks have been the best team all year long, bro. And like, if you cannot slow down, Giannis is over. Yeah. It's really over. I would love to see what he. Even he if Kawhi like, go for forty a night, yeah. it's over. So, but what do you think the keys are going to be for the Bucks to win? For the Bucks to win, yeah. Um, again, good shooting. Uh, Kawhi's going to get his regardless. You got to contain Siakam. You really got to contain Siakam. Um, Who's going to guard Siakam though? You gonna put Giannis on Seattle? Like, who are you putting Giannis on? I wouldn't put Giannis on because I honestly like I, Chris Middleton's. A, he's a solidified player. He's a, he's an all star this year. Yeah. I don't see anyone strapping Siakam for a for. I think if anything, Siakam had his most troubles last series. Yeah, so with those boys, he might you know have what I'm saying? Now. So he might he might come out of his shell again. So that's another thing to watch out for too. And I feel like Siakam's the X factor. He, he's he's, the, he's the he's the one thing I, I can't. I can't account for everybody else. I can kind of put here and there. You gotta know what they're gonna but, do. Yeah, yeah, but this one you gotta contain Siakam, and it's gonna give a, the Bucks a better chance to, mm-hmm. to accomplish their goal. Yeah, so, I got I got Bucks and six. We'll see what happens. Bucks and six. I say Raptors and seven. Um, okay. Bottom line on that one too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get two bottles of wine. Unfortunately, I just feel like you might. Bad. I mean. I feel like I'm going to have to buy two bottles of wine. Oh, you think you're going to buy? Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about that. I'm excited <laughs> about that, man. But hope you guys enjoyed a fun-filled episode, uh, episode 51 of the Caesar Show. Uh, I, had a re- I had a really good time, you know, uh, recapping, giving my predictions, talking a little bit about Aisha, Frank Vogel. All those topics were great topics, you know what I'm saying? So continue to support, you know, that the Caesar Show is on all platforms. I'm talking about Spotify, iTunes, Podcast Connect, yep. um, and SoundCloud. So definitely go check that out. Like I said, May 17th this Friday, uh, the merch is finally dropping. I know I told you guys for a while it's going to come out, but I feel like now is the time. Um, so make sure you turn your post notifications on. Follow Cersei's, the S-I-R-S-E-E-Z-U-S on Instagram. Also, the Caesar Show on Instagram, T-H-E-S-E-E-Z-U-S-S-H-O-W on Instagram. It's dropping Friday, so turn your post notifications on. It's only going to be a limited amount of product that's going to be available. Um, and 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 let's let's get this popping, man. So, um, Trey, you always have you know your wise words of wisdom <laughs> towards the end. So, what you what you gotta say for the crowd, man? Oh uh, man, it was just graduation season around VCU oh, yeah, uh, over yeah. Richmond. Uh, shout out to all that uh, everybody that accomplished their goals. Shout out to uh, Sky Boogie Oogie, I love you, Shotty. Um, and just hey yo, it's the Friday the seventeenth. Dropping that merch, that gear, that website. Go check it out, man. Support your boy. Uh, Caesar Show, man. It's episode 51. You already know. Episode 51. We are out. Yeah.